Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims, and con artists. We don't like these people in the shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction, and mock them mercilessly, take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joe Hill, and in today's episode, we'll be looking at the cooker's chances of influencing the outcome of this week's federal election. Spoiler alert, the answer is sweet fuck all. Yes, it is. And in genuinely distressing news, we examine the motives of the mass shooter in Buffalo, New York over the weekend. Yeah, it was a terrible business. And we have to start looking at these events not as inevitable, but as preventable, provided we get a bit honest about ourselves. Yeah, God forbid we do that. And I'll be looking at the cookers' protest as they descend further into a morass of badly articulated victimhood. Meanwhile, in general housekeeping, we welcome alternative media watchers to the conditional release program Patreon. He's officially on remand. He's a top bloke. We love him. And you can catch up with him on Twitter on his alternative media watchers handle. Do that. Do that at once. And send me your address so I can send you stuff. It's part of the deal. I mean, you paid us money. Yeah, I think we're actually presuming the gender too, aren't we, Joel? Or, uh, or I, are know, we not? I know things, never mind. Oh, okay. No, and no. in other TCRP news, genuine heroes of the show, Sandy and Soz, have got their own podcast. Wow, that's Tin fantastic. Tinfoil yes. Tales. Tinfoil Tales, yes. And it's yes. available now to all our patrons, new and old. Yes, it's a tremendous effort from Sandy and Soz. No one knows cookers like they do, and for all their and our extraneous musings, flip us a bit of coin and get stuck into all the good gear behind the CR. RP paywall. Yes, they're doing our jobs for us. Bless them. And for as little as $5 a month, you can be enjoying that right now instead of this free rubbish. And you can find your way behind the paywall by going to www.patreon.com backslash conditional release program and make a small investment. Yes. But that's enough of that for now because we have to get on the free shit, otherwise known as the show or the main show or the show in general. The The free shit. And that means it's time for the conditional release program's weekly news. And in terrible news from Buffalo in New York State, upstate New York, 10 people are dead and three injured after a spree shooting allegedly committed by an 18-year-old white man we won't name. No. The dead included a grandmother who volunteered every week at her church's food pantry, an octogenarian who was a devoted caregiver to her husband of 68 years, a retired police officer and amateur inventor who tried to stop the shooter. Those are... Uh, of the five victims publicly identified, three were more than 70 years of age. Mm-hmm. Uh, 11 of the 13 people shot were black. This is the worst spree shooting event in the United States thus far this year. The gunman wielded an assault weapon that appeared to display a racial slur and the names of earlier mass shooters, including the Australian killer of 51 people in his attacks on two mosques in Christchurch in 2019. Like that killer, the alleged mass murderer in Buffalo sought to film his attacks wearing a helmet with a GoPro camera attached and live stream the event via the platform known as Twitch. He wrote that he wanted everyone to watch his attack. What a cunt. A Twitch spokeswoman said the the stream was removed within two minutes of the violence starting. The Global Internet Forum uh, to Counter Terrorism, a tech industry group funded after portions of the mosque shootings in Christchurch were live streamed on Facebook in 2019, said it had immediately added the video to a terrorism database that could automatically block its posting 
on Facebook, Twitter, social media, etc. That's good. I'm glad that exists. Yeah, it's a good thing, and it's arisen from a ter- from a terrible event. Yeah. Um, before embarking on his racist rampage on Saturday, the alleged gunman left behind a document denying membership in quote any organisation or group. Unquote. Yeah. I am the sole perpetrator of this attack, he wrote. Mm-hmm. But the 180-page screed, which authorities are scrutinising in connection with the massacre, leaves little doubt that the alleged perpetrator belongs to a global fraternity fused by the internet and fixated on a bizarre and baseless theory that white people are being intentionally replaced. Mm -hmm. The theory known as the Great Replacement has turned white nationalism into an international call to arms. The shooter was inspired by the Australian killer of 51 people in Christchurch. His gun was a Bushmaster AR-15-style rifle, was scrawled in white messages, just as the Christchurch gunman had done. His 180-page document describes his radicalisation on internet forums and details a plan to target the black community in Buffalo, which is 200 miles from his home, uh, also in upstate New York. It makes explicit the inspiration he found from other spree shooters, including a a Norwegian mass killer and, in particular, the Christchurch gunman, who uh, remain both in custody to this day while also citing hate-fueled murders at synagogues in Pittsburgh and Howell, Germany, as well as at the Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church in Charleston, South Carolina, which we all remember. Friend of the podcast, Tom Tanneke, tweeted this on Sunday. The Buffalo shooter was inspired by an Australian mass murderer. That's what we need to remember here on this continent. I've still yet to see this country really take stock of what that meant. Three years on, we'd rather believe it came from the internet. He goes on to say, this leaderless resistance shit is only the product of an umbrella culture of white supremacy. These parasites all learn to be white supremacists, just growing up at home, not on 4chan, whether they're in the US or here in Australia. The online ghouls only taught them to pity themselves just hard enough to go get guns over it. And finally, he says, not reckoning with the Christchurch gunman as an Australian means we're still standing on fertile soil for it to happen again. We might not have the amount of guns they do in the US, but the shooters are here. They're scum. Solidarity with the families and communities of everyone affected. Thank you, Tom. It's true that we have not dealt with the root causes of what motivated the Australian shooter. It's true that we continue to normalise discussions on bullshit theories grounded in white supremacy, like the Great Replacement. It's true that these bullshit theories are openly discussed and legitimised on mainstream media. Lauren Southern. What motivated this shooter and those before him is the meat and drink of Tucker Carlson and openly discussed on 4chan and 8 where mass murderers are lionised. And we need to stop and think before we dismiss the notion of racism in Australia existing only on the fringes. We need to address systemic racism in our societies and encourage people to call it out. We need to identify those who live among us who cheer on the mass killers motivated by racial hatred. We need to stop bullshitting ourselves about who we are and what we are capable of. As Tom said, solidarity with the families and communities of everyone affected. And following that sucks. Um, in slightly less depressing local news, the cookers have not been idle with another countrywide protest on the weekend with surprisingly decent turnouts and a terrifying look into the future of the movement. Mm. 
as the election looms darkly upon us, we are still in the manifesting victory stage where the various freedom candidates are using this created legitimacy of their candidacy to push their sense of self-importance and a steady stream of bigoted bullshit to a crowd of impressionable idiots who, when asked why they're there, simply respond with freedom. Freedom! Or more freedom. More like, freedom! That's literally their cause. Like when they're asked on the street, Chris Cavaroos is there. He's like, why, why are you here? Oh, freedom. I like freedom. Oh, I, I want more freedom. Okay, yeah. great. You have no idea why you're there. You don't have a cause. For fuck's sake. It's ridiculous. Just like get an ideology, you weirdos. Yeah. So, Put some when, thought into it. But the thing is, when it's time for the speakers to come along, they are told exactly why they're there. To prepare for the next phase of cooker bullshit, which is going to be the culture wars. We'll oh, get dear. to that a bit later. In Melbourne, the cookers were, as usual, terribly behaved with a tiny crowd standing around blocking traffic on Flinders Street. Mark Henry on Twitter shared an incredible clip of a few noisy dipshits with air horns just blocking cars. Not many of them, just a few. And ironically, trucks. Yeah. These people love truck drivers. Salt to the earth. Truck drivers are their heroes. Better than farmers, yeah. Yeah, only just, but fucking hell, they tip yeah. the scales. But truck drivers, are, truck drivers are the best. Truck drivers, well, it's the whole reason they had the the, the Canberra rally. You know, yep. it was a Canberra rally. Truck for, convoy. Truck drivers, but they didn't have. Yeah, all right, okay. So there weren't any trucks there. And then you had Tone up north doing his little like, I'm going to oh. park in the road. And then Mummy Pauline telling him to move on because he was being naughty. <laughs> that was a whole funny thing. I really enjoyed that. That was yeah, fucking yeah. a real spectacle. Really dumb. So as this truck sort of pulled through, they're like they, they sort of formed a bit of a gap in the cookers and just sort of like went through. They did not like this at all. They took umbrage to the fact that the truck defied their standing orders <laughs> and went through the intersection to get on with his fucking day. In defiance of all truck-like behaviour. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't, it's, it's so funny because like, what, like, they must think that trucks are their bitches or something. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. Move out of the way of trucks. Move out of the way of traffic. Stop they being selfish cars. They, they love trucks. They hate buses. I think that's yeah, the way. That was what it was before. But now, now, now we've got a new yeah. rivalry. Just everything's just turned on its head. Yeah. We digress hard. So the trucker got out after apparently some cookers started throwing uh, through a water bottle at him or something. So he mm-hmm. got out and got a bit feisty because that's what truckies are like. They're not calm people, generally yeah. speaking. Yeah, don't throw things at them. And a cooker came out and basically just started attacking the driver. Uh, there was a few of them. The cops came over because there was a bunch of them and immediately covered them in pepper foam. I mean, just like there wasn't much of a delay. It was just chudge, chudge, chudge. This is a classic example of what entitled, angry, violent and stupid people who attend these protests and just it turns into these battles of idiocy. We're in the middle of a busy street you're blocking traffic and you're angry at the guy who wants to get on with his day. Yeah. Amazing. Because, because you've thrown things at him. Yeah. yeah it's and, and like one of the insults was, keep on trucking, dickhead. <laughs> you just had a convoy in honour of truckers. What That's are you right. talking about? The Canadian's not going to be happy with any of this. No. Anyway, so like this whole thing is ridiculous. It was a little scuffle. The cops broke out with some pepper spray. Matt Lawson tried to be this like benevolent mediator. Yeah. Popped some spray. Sprayed. He yeah. wasn't actually mediating he was there trying to obstruct police with this i'm just trying to keep the peace sort of vibe but realistically what he really wanted was to get sprayed which he did and get clout for it and he had like the foam caught in his beard oh bless mm. but you Aww. know look, it is the same old shit it's just like like you know it's just basically a violent crowd defying police 
getting sprayed, causing shit, turning on truckers, which is the weird pivot. And then you've got the live streamers on the side who just blatantly ignore police directions because they're the media. (laughs) No, you're not. I actually think Matt Lawson getting sprayed down is probably going to be beneficial for his health. It's probably, it's actually going to, you know, sort of probably add a bit of, you know, missing vitamins and nutrients from his diet. He does look like he has scurvy and he has been speaking (laughs) recently about the fact that he's not feeling well. This could this could really pick him up. For a group obsessive wellness culture, you're all so unhealthy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, no. Matt Lawson fruit. is one of the worst though. I think giving a good good spray down, you know, he might have picked up a bit of vitamin A, yeah. vitamin, vitamin, a bit of vitamin D, vitamin B. You know. I think there is vitamin C in all the rest of it as well, so who knows? There you go. These are the same clowns who think that climate protesters are doing similar things, or almost the exact type thing, but with actual permits and actual permission, should be jailed. Jail. I mean, come on. Like, and this is the thing, like the more things change, the more the stay the same. You see this movement changing and morphing and walking, but at the end of the day, it's a bunch of violent thugs who like to gather in crowds, make noise, and do what the fuck they want and feel powerful. Fuck them. As Soz said in another post on Twitter, this rally had real 2021 vibes, and I totally agree. It's a bit of a nostalgia, wasn't it? Yeah, a bit of just remember the good old days. We got the band back together, and in true 2021 spirit, Ruction filmed the aftermath of this truck conflict and of course, he's being too unfit to get the for the start because he can't run. Chubby lad. He, should, he probably needs to be sprayed too. He, he probably does. It's good for metabolism, actually, the yum, the capsaicin. He spun the story to make the violent cookers into the victims. Of course Aww. he did. They're just just like 2021. Yep, it's just all the same shit over and over again. Sydney was rather funny with the Reclaim the Lion group, you know, the Mac group, doing some more reclaiming, I guess. Like, I don't know what the line is anymore. The mandates were all but gone. Most COVID restrictions have been lifted. But there's no glory in accepting victory. This movement is all about perpetual defeat and victimhood. So, yeah, yeah, they are, as I said, rallying for freedom. Like, that's literally what they were saying. Just there for freedom. More freedom. Mm. Just More freedom. We've got a real lack of freedom. I'd like some more. Maybe I could punch my neighbor. Don't like him. I'm just going to say right now, it's not all about freedom. It's, it's not, not. Not for everyone. It's really but. not. Because Bosey was there. And Bosey's not actually into freedom. Bosey He's, has an he ex- hates freedom. extensive <laughs> hanging policy. There is nothing freedom about having a noose drawn around your neck and swinging until you're dead. I'm just going to say that contentious. I mean, it's not a classic view of freedom, but they love him, so oh, whatever. Yeah, They're really into him. So the Aussie Cossack and Bozy have become mates recently with this long and I assume boring YouTube chat. I'm not going to fucking watch it between the two, which like, I just don't care. But the Cossack suggested that Bozy take the stage and do this uninvited speech. You know, get up there, start speaking, and then bring Bozy on and get the crowd all riled up. Mac, to his credit, who was the guy running the protest, told him to go away. Well, he didn't tell him to go away. He got someone else to do it, which is very funny. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Now, well, Mac he... is an idiot, a clout well... chaser, a libertarian dipshit. He's ideologically stupid, blah, blah, blah. But he's not Bosey crazy. He's a hoodie-style grifter. You know, he's latter arrogant, but he's not Bosey crazy. And he does not <laughs> want to be liable for the shit he's going to say to a crowd. So he told him to take a hike. Very reasonable behavior. Ooh, I can see a problem here. I can see some I can see some reaction coming from Ricky. Oh, yeah. Ricky Bozzy. He was not going to be happy. He was very cranky. And the thing is, like, this was great because he felt like he had this like, embarrassing rebuke from Mac in the form of basically making him stand down after trying to take the stage, which was all prompted by the Cossack. So he directed his impotent rage toward the Cossack. And believe me, there was rage, although he tries to couch it in some very mild mannered expressions. Oh, yes. So it looks like the Cossack's going to get the rope when Bozzy takes over. Uh oh. Such a shame. I need a thick rope. I'm just hoping it's before me. 
Because, you know, it'd be funny to watch. If we're going to do public executions, I'd like to see a few. So fresh off the press is that the Cossack has actually been arrested for comments he made at the protest. Again? Apparently, apparently he was violating a suppression order, which happens to carry a 12-month maximum jail term. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He probably won't do more than Darren Hinch. What was that, 13 days, you said? 13 days. Hinch, 13 Hinch days. Meister. Yeah. I think that's, that is, as you said, probably about as much as correctional services can handle of a Cossack before they <laughs> appeal to the governor, please exactly. take him. He's annoying as fuck. He's eating all our food. (laughs) And pilling all our inmates. He put up a donation link for his legal costs a solid 20 minutes after he was arrested. Obviously, it wasn't him. It was clearly Mrs. Cossack or another one of his little minions who just doesn't miss a beat when it comes to grifting followers. And I believe that if he gets jailed, that tap is going to be turned on and people are going to get rinsed. I don't know. I don't know. There's not, not many, not many following the, the Cossack at the moment. I, I doubt that he'd get Ooh, much. Uh, well, we'll wow. see. I'm, you know, d- d- were you talking dollars or rubles? Uh, yeah, well, I reckon tens, if not hundreds of thousands, but we'll see. We'll see. I'll, right. I'll, I'll bet you a um, a red frog. So this one was all thanks to new patron Alternative Media Watchers. You like the sound of that? New patron? Well done. And this is on yes. Twitter just before we started recording. He apparently publicly claimed someone was charged with pedophilia offences, riled up the punters about the whole idea of suppression orders because, you know, they love suppression orders. Oh if they know Bosey, they're all about the 28 names. These are the things that will be protecting this individual. But, of course, he let it all fly in his speech at the rally. Mm, that's oh. either breaking the suppression orders is one thing. It could also be contempt of court. So I'm, I'm curious to see what the rap sheet's yes. going to be. But he was arrested. Um, and the cop who came to his door, you can see the video online, is just like, oh, I have to deal with this fuckwit. didn't wit. sign it's, up for this, yeah. Uh, he really is so demoralized. Like, I know you're going to be a cunt about this. Stop filming. Just just be arrested already because I just I don't care. So whether this person is guilty or of such awful offenses or not is totally beside the point. Inciting violence toward people without due process is a form of unchecked vigilante justice that has no place in our society no, it at does all. Not. Believing in the right to a fair trial does not make you a pedophile protector. Say that loudly for those who aren't listening, because all you bosy weirdos who think that anyone who does want to lynch people in the street who look a bit funny need to hear that. You fucking nuts. But this is where we're heading. And honestly, I said it before, I'll say it again. Snowtown murders. Just look them up. Well, look, the other reason um, suppression orders are, are, are often in place in regard to child sex offending is to protect the identity of the children. Yeah. Often, uh, child sex offending is familial. And by naming an alleged uh, perpetrator, uh, you're actually dipping in the victims as well. So, you know, this is extremely dangerous. I, I'm not a fan of suppression orders Full stop. But suppression orders in sex offence sex offence cases, while they're ongoing, are absolutely necessary. Absolutely, it's ridiculous. That kind of nuanced analysis is what makes me upset with you. I prefer Bosey. Hang everyone <laughs> who I don't like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when the election is over, Monica Smith and Damien Richardson have made it pretty clear what the pivot's going to be. While Bosey will be obsessing over election fraud, doing the weird Trump thing, and bitching and moaning about the result, he might start a pillow company. Who fucking knows? They'll be looking to short up the culture wars vote on the side, and it's going to be messy. Straight out of the US playbook, they're going to make Catherine Deves look like a progressive. She's going to attack safe schools. She's going to harp on about drag queen story time and viciously attack trans women in sports, and it's going to be painful to watch. I can't stand the idea of it. It's going to suck. So while I generally thought it was going to wind up burning itself out, she was going to work in Supre, Morgan was going to go on, I don't know, watch windscreens at an intersection. This is just going to turn into this gooey pile of sort of subsidiary and pedo babble on the Bosey side and outright electoral culture wars 
from Monica and the usual suspects. This is going to be painful. And they're going to ferment anger over issues that don't exist and they're going to try and turn it into electrical power. This is ridiculous because fictitious pedophiles are great to get the base going, but attracting trans people, they think this is where the votes are. That's not true. For all their nasty, vile efforts and damage they're going to cause, they're only ever going to get a few percent of a fringe vote of passionate assholes. Yep. So we've got this to look forward to. Morgan will run again in the Victorian state election in November, giving this dream team of dipshits more chance to spread hate, bigotry, and intolerance in the name of Jesus. <laughs> it's going to be a shit show. Quite a guy, Quite a guy there, Jesus. Yeah. I'm not it's looking forward to this. Shit show. Yeah. Jesus was a socialist and he loved everyone. You're all cunt. Shut the fuck up. Money. I'll do anything for you. And today's condition release program is proudly brought to you by the Liberal Party, the natural party of government in Australia. Listeners, if you like your politicians fruity, the Liberal Party is the party for you. Where else could failed human beings who couldn't sell a beanbag for love or money emerge and lecture the rest of us on vaccines? They're bullshit. Climate change, it's bullshit. And pharmacology. Take three hydroxychloroquine and call my sex creep policy advisor in the morning. Transphobics, we got them. Racists, we got them. Islamophobes, we got them. And if we can't get them, we'll give our mates at the National Party a call. They're chock-a-block with nutters. Listeners, there's been a lot of talk about the Liberal Party being a boys' club, and it's just not true. We love women, whether they want to be loved or not. (laughs) You know, listeners... Come Saturday, you have a big question to make. Let's make the right one, eh? Because as Peter Dutton says, vote Liberal and no one gets hurt, mainly by the Chinese. I think one of the first things it says within the Constitution is all laws within all... within. And with the calm measured tones of walking continent of common sense, Phanos the Manos Panietes rattling the earwax around in our shell lives, it means it's time for which Black Bill fuckwit said that? The quiz show that places fuckwits on a pedestal where they've been missing for far too long. Oh, they love it. And if you're successful in today's which black bill fuckwit said that, Joel, you'll become a financial member of good standing with the Liberal Party of Australia and help sift through the wreckage of the party, which is set to burn in flames. And without a moment's reflection about their relevance in Australia today, will almost certainly hurtle further to the right to become an unelectable rabble, just like they are in Victoria. Yes, yes they are, with Bernie Finn getting the arse this afternoon. Just a side note. Did he? Yeah, it's a thing. No, I did not know that. Well, I think they're voting on it or some shit, but that's a yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. They reckon it's a distraction from the uh, the federal election. Maybe it's true, but I don't, I mean, fuck him. See you later. Oh, look, they, they picked him up out of the DLP anyway. Mm. Anyway. Where we send no. our finest. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I, I can't promise Bernie Finn style nuttery here, but we've got some good nuts. We've got he some must good have nuts some good in quotes, which though. Bill Fuckwood said that. This is the first quote They want to remove carbon dioxide. You breathe out carbon dioxide. They want to get rid of you. <laughs> I know this one. <laughs> Was that. We have the chance to get rid of her this weekend, Senator Pauline Hanson. Was that we have the chance to get rid of him this weekend, the member for Hughes, for now, Craig Crackers Kelly. See ya. Was that we have the chance to get rid of him this weekend, LNP Senator James McGrath. Oh, really? Yeah, fuck, see you later. Yeah, I'd love to see the back of him. Or we have no chance to get rid of him this week weekend as he's not up for re-election and Damn to it. wait for a 2025. Yep. Fond Senator Teeny Weeny Malcolm Roberts. Yeah, we're stuck with him. This is I think this is one of the things that a lot of listeners have been curious about. Are we stuck with Malcolm or are we not stuck with Malcolm? Well, three more years. 
Three more years. Three more years, guys. It's a six-year term, mm-hmm. and we have half-centered elections unless there's a double dissolution. Bit of bit of electoral. Pauline's up. Yeah, Pauline's uh, up. We'll talk about this later in the show, but um, they're, they're polling around 5%. And, and that means a pretty strong showing in Queensland. Yeah, well, we'll see how we go. But uh, I imagine she'll get up uh, with no real problems. Oh, she'll get up. Whether yeah. uh, whether a uh, number two does or not, I, I doubt. Be I interesting doubt. if the Christensen dil- diluted her vote um, and gave her less quota. We are digressing hard, but I mean, it's yeah. it's plausible. Well, he's number three on the ticket, so he's not going to get it. But, but, but people he, he's below the line, their star. Yeah, he's their star. <laughs> People below the line. People could be voting for Christensen below the line and she might be getting a diluted vote. So Yeah, yeah. And yeah. look, she's got the UAP uh, running against her and they're a little bit better organised. But anyway. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Okay, so it is definitely Malcolm Roberts. I love this quote. It was indeed, yes. It's one of my favourites. He's been babbling about carbon dioxide for a long time, but this was a this was a new take. <laughs> suggesting that we're all going to be annihilated uh, because they want to get rid of carbon dioxide and because that's the stuff we breathe out. Oh, my I, God, trees breathe it in, so they'll want them too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it really is fantastic. Um, it, it really plays into the idea of there is a mass genocide, but we're not quite sure why, but it has something to do with carbon dioxide. It's He's a roll god moron. I He's mean, a there fucking is just, idiot. He is just an idiot. Yeah, it's very uh, special. All right, this is a ripping quote here, Joel. You're going to love this. I love it when I came across it today. How many of the women rallying against overturning Roe are over-educated, underloved millennials who sadly return from protests to a lonely microwave dinner with their cats and no bumble matches? Fuck me. <laughs> Was that deceased Associate Justice of the US Supreme Court playing with her cats in heaven? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You want me to get this, don't you? <laughs> Was that quietly terrified he could become null and void by abortion retrospectively? Donald Trump Jr. Good call. Yeah, Imagine all the money he'd save on cocaine. <laughs> Or was it, he's not into women, he likes girls and is prepared to pay for them in shoes. He is. Republican rep for the 1st Congressional District of Florida, Gatesy, Matt Gates. Good to hear him back in the program again. Send me your cash app details. (laughs) Or was that the Supreme Pontiff, the Bishop of Rome, head of the Worldwide Catholic Church, Pope Francis I? If it's the Pope, that'd be great. Obviously, it's between the two middle ones. I'd say Gatesy. Yes, well done, Charles. This is excellent. You're on a roll. What a fucking scumbag. <laughs> Get yourself a new suit because I think you'll be you'll be part of the resurrection of the Liberal Party. I'm looking Going forward to straight it. Out to the, yeah, maybe even the uniform. I have said several times that I would sell out, and I don't know if people think I'm kidding. Like maybe like they think it's like a like a gag. It's, Remember, it's not a gag. It's a blue tie. Blue tie. <laughs> Mate, I will wear a fucking noose if I have to. <laughs> This is a terrible quote, and I'm almost ashamed to admit it on a uh, segment where we're poking a bit of fun, but here it is, and I'll need to explain it to you, Joel. The quote is simply, Fed Boy Summer has started in Buffalo. Jesus Christ. And what that relates to is a conspiracy theory that uh, the, the the FBI are actually conducting these mass shootings. Ah, oh, false flag nonsense. Uh, yeah, false flag event. Uh, in Buffalo. Fuck uh, you. Fed Boy Summer has started in Buffalo. Disgusting. It was in the wake of the Buffalo shooting we, we covered uh, yep. in front of the show. Was that? He said the quiet bit out loud again, Texas Senator Ted Cruz. No. Was it endorsed by the Donald himself for re-election? 
Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers? Possibly. Was it gun-toting, shooting, rooting, tooting Georgia rep? Republican uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene? Could be. Or was it claimed carbon dioxide is not a pollutant because I am creating it as I talk to you. It's in your Coca-Cola, <laughs> yes. your Dr. Pepper, your Perrier water. Truly a man after teeny weeny Malcolm's heart, Texas Congressman Joe Barton. What a fucking idiot. Um, I'm going to go with Wendy Rogers. I love that job. She's such an asshole. It's just an awful, awful thing to say. You think people should be jailed for this kind of talk. I know, totally. It's just obnoxious. And the fact that she's a state senator just says everything you need to know about Arizona. Never mind that they've got an 18-year-old white boy in custody uh, with literally hundreds, hundreds of witnesses. It's disgusting. These people are fucking idiots. Yes, absolutely terrible stuff. But the good news is you're in the Liberal Party. Hey! (laughs) Hey, what about that free enterprise, huh? Fuck yeah, man. Fuck, and and be hanging out for that middle-class welfare. That's the other thing. The only thing that sucks now is that I can no longer drink beer and I have to start drinking sparkling wine. (laughs) Well, you will be having quite a few car accidents. That's the other thing. As a young liberal, you know, a lot of drink driving. Yes, but I can afford to get out of them. Where's the problem? (laughs) Very good. And now we bring you a segment of the program about people who do drink drive in fact, they don't have driver's licenses. They're no. soft sits. And they're coming up against the man once again in soft sits. V the man. We fired you. We sacked you. We dismissed you as what? As garbage, because that's all you are. You're a criminal. You're a traitor. And you're going to the biggest barbecue in history. So from Christmas dinner to you are the dinner. Thank you. That's what I'll go with. Jack, stop. In the name of the law. <laughs> What law? Vaccine law. Vaccine law. Last week, Christopher Key, the self-described vaccine police, was brought before a judge in Florida on charges of trespassing after being a pest at a right-wing conference that just didn't want him there. That's a good place to be a pest, though. But it's so funny. Like, imagine being so annoying, like the most annoying people on the planet are like, oh, no, you're a bit weird. He came to the conclusion with Stu Peters that the organisers were simply jealous that their made-up theories about snake venom in the vaccine were more compelling than the bullshit vaccines give you AIDS theory that their speaker, Robert Malone, was going to push. So he actively resisted his eviction from the premises and, as you can imagine, was arrested by Florida's finest after a lot of negotiation of his release. This is usually a fairly minor charge, but I'm guessing they basically looked him up and, you know, saw Mr. Key's uh, record and just went, no, I think you need to go into remand and wait at a hearing because you're not going to play well. (laughs) The hearing did not start well. When Constable Key of the vaccine police was asked to raise his right hand, he raised his left. Now, we don't really know whether this is some sort of sovsit cheat code or whether he simply just doesn't know the difference between left and right. Could be both. Could be both. It really could be both. The judge... <laughs> said your other right hand, which is just brutal. <laughs> you never want to hear that. And then went that on is, to offer a That is deal. such a dad thing, isn't it? It is. Know? It totally is. Whenever dad, I say that. I am ashamed of my children response, yeah. I only ever say that with the utmost of derision. No, your other left hand, dickhead. <laughs> 
often with love. Three months probation, pleading guilty with a conviction recorded, and an eight-hour anger management class. That <laughs> was the plea deal. That, that'll be fun. On I'd love to be at that anger management I know. Class. I would totally pay for a seat at that table. Oh, God. Mr. Senior Sergeant Key from the vaccine police did not want a bar of this, and he pled his innocence, asking the judge, did you take an oath of office? Do you Uh-oh. understand that you have now broken Uh-oh. your oath of office? Correct? <laughs> That's a criminal and a civil offence. Okay, cool. But then he yelled what we're all waiting for. There we go. I am a free man on the land. Yes. (laughs) Fuck you, man. I mean, come on. Give it a rest. So Inspector Key will be appearing at a further hearing later this month. It will be another hearing, yes. Which is likely going to be a subset circus. I hope someone's in there to record it. To give you an idea of how fucked in the head this guy is, he's the one who tells people to inject their own piss to prevent and cure COVID. That's, yes. That's going to kill people. <laughs> Just inject piss. Well, he muscles it, and it's sterile liquid. So, like, you know, he's onto a good thing here. I guess it hydrates you. Know. There's salts in it. I don't think so, Joe. Please, I mean, do Please don't do it at home. No, don't try this at home. I'm not encouraging <laughs> this at all. I'm saying this is bad. Please don't inject urine into your bloodstream. It will almost certainly kill you. It'll I've seen him do it. It's just... He's out your kidneys. Yeah, it's just, he, he actually does it. I've seen him do it on a video. It's actually fucked up. He's, uh, he's cooked in the head. When he's talking about these theories on urine therapy, this is a quote, and he says, I know to a lot of you this sounds crazy, but guys, God's given us everything we need. Mm. Now, I'm just going to say this. Aside from everything, if you have to preface anything with this sounds crazy, <laughs> it probably is. Yeah, yeah. Particularly come for this guy. Yeah. This, this may is, sound crazy. This may sound crazy, and it probably is. <laughs> and it almost certainly is. Fuck's sake. So he takes his role as vaccine police, which he created himself, by the way, to a point of complete absurdity with this sort of Miami Vice-level shitty branded clothing, full <laughs> polyester. Got, got those yellow espadrilles that they used to wear? Like shiny polyester. Like, just do. <laughs> Dude, buy some cotton. And he's got a fake police badge necklace, which is great. And it just begs the question, what is it with anti-vaxxers and terrible cosplay? Like, you know, you've got Lata, you've got the fucking dickheads who wear their badges. Oh, my God, there's a guy who wears a KFC helmet now in in Canberra? I don't know. (laughs) He claims that he's going to make citizens arrest of Democratic governors across the US in retaliation for COVID vaccine mandates. I'd like to see you try. Yeah. yeah, you might be tackled by big men in, in tight-fitting suits. And shot. Yes, possibly, yes. He likes to pose with guns while he's in his little homemade uniforms that shine so brightly in the sun because they're made of petrochemicals. Fucking weirdo. His website, vaccinepolice.com, is littered with ads for supplements, water filters, and just utter bullshit. You know how it is. Discount codes, vaccine police. I mean, fuck you. His good mates are Stu Peters, which explains a lot. Yes. Do we have to explain who Stu Peters is, Joe? Stu Peters runs what we might call a sort of YouTube platform. It's not YouTube anymore. I think he's been kicked off there. Yeah, it'd be Rumble. Yeah, it's a sort of Rumble-based chat show. He is just one of the most appalling human beings in the United States. He's the fucking worst. He platforms Maria Z a lot. And uh, I'll probably do a patron-only thing for him at some point because I think his backstory is really funny. Uh, He was a bounty hunter and uh we'll get yeah. into the rest later but on his website this is the vaccine police uh uh website inspector key mm. this is his origin story i have owned a health club called steel city fitness which specialized in health and wellness and co-owned swats 
a company with its own controversy. I'll bet. I also started a company called Health Management Systems that utilise a device that measures body fat. Through your piss. I was recently fired from my job of six years for being a patriot and standing against a tyrannical school board in Alabama. Fucking Alabama hard. school boards are the worst. The worst. It's the tyranny that upsets me. <laughs> Fucking idiot. I mean, this is the same mob who said to kill a mockingbird. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He goes on to say, because of these efforts, his efforts, the mask mandate was lifted and kids will not have to provide proof of inoculation to return to in-person learning in the fall. What a fucking hero. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's a little exaggerated. A little, a little exaggerated. A little hyperbole there, yeah. Why not? So Lieutenant Key of the Vaccine Police gave up everything to stand up against school boards. <laughs> Does he have kids? Apparently not, but no, that's not the point. He doesn't have kids. He okay. did it for your kids, that's your children. Other kids. Mm. Because the school board, it was tyrannical. No, Alabama Alabama school boards. It the- had to be stopped. <laughs> no, no one communist. Yes, that's it. Exactly. So Detective Key has form with trespassing charges Uh-oh. after entering a Whole Foods in Alabama without a mask. Oh, dear. Uh, speaking with an attorney outside the courtroom, Key could be heard in a video he took saying, I'm competent. I'm not insane. I'm completely sane. I don't need an attorney. I'm a free man. Now, free man. He's going to say, if you have to preface your statement with I'm not insane, you probably are. Just saying. Not something I tend to say a lot because mm. I don't know. Just doesn't doesn't feel right. And the hearing ended after Superintendent Key screamed that he was a free man on the land and the judge just simply booted him from the Zoom session. <laughs> the hearing will be held later this month. The scoreboard reads, Joel. Vaccine police, <laughs> Vaccine zero. police, I'm not insane, zero. The man, one. That's right. That's right. I, I still haven't worked it out yet. And if you haven't worked it out, keep asking the question. And keep looking for the answers because it's irrelevant. And in our rabbit hole today, we are looking at the federal election, which is, as we record on the show, a mere five days away. I can smell it. I can smell it. I mean, you'd have to be dead or fucked not to notice Clive Palmer's UAP advertising. He dropped a lousy $70 million in the 2019 federal election and didn't even get a seat in the Senate or the reps. But did he have an impact? Well, Jack will be dealing with this shortly. I I, I think he did, but we'll, we'll talk about that. We've got old Clive and his sidekick, Crackers Kelly, swore hand on heart that UAP would put the majors last. But the How to Vote cards are out now, and it looks like Clive has done a little bit of a trademark change of heart. He's the Monty Burns of Australian politics. Oh, truly. And, of course, surprisingly, he's decided to preference the coalition and, to an extent, Labor ahead of the fringe freedom parties. Aww. A taste of betrayal. Monica Smith from Reignite Democracy Australia is angry and sad, her default position. Sad and angry, so much so that she issued an open letter, the literary version of a the literary version of gut-stabbing an enemy to poor old Clive on Friday the 13th of May, which read... Well, look, I just um, before we go into the letter, Joel, just talk about the pointlessness of the open letter. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a one-person writer, sending a, an open letter to Clive Palmer and expecting some sort of response is just the most ridiculous, limp thing to do. You ring him up and you blast him. That's what you do. Anyway, here's the letter, and it's sad and a little bit angry. It is. Hi, Clive. 
It's Monica Smith here. I hope you respond because there are so many unanswered questions and your potential voters deserve the truth before they decide which number to put next to UAP on their ballot paper. I should also preface my remarks by saying that Monica Smith doesn't understand how voting works. No, she doesn't. She just doesn't. Anyway, we'll go on. Let's go back to October 21, she writes. I had already started my own party called RDA in brackets, Reignite Democracy Australia no, you Party. Didn't. No, you didn't. Which had 1,250 members, not really, already, and was on track to doing quite well in this election. Okay, A, did have members, all paid up, never registered a party, not nope. for any reason that was pressure external, that was your decision, and you didn't give their money back. Absolutely right. You but were never going to do well in the election. You were always <laughs> going to flounder like a fish in a pond that didn't have enough water and was full of blue-green algae. You're yeah. a fucking electoral failure in the making, and I can't wait to see you fail in reality. <laughs> Fuck you. She goes on to write, Joel, when I was in prison for being a human rights activist, mm. let's just... Let's just have a moment's levity there, shall we? I'm lighting a candle. For refusing your bail conditions, which were perfectly reasonable. Anyway, <sighs> when I was in prison for being a human rights activist, I watched your UAP ads on TV. So she was <laughs> she was watching TV. She's watching TV. She's lounging around. And, uh, you know, <laughs> lounging around the prison cell. The fucking Dame Phyllis uh, I don't Samsung even think up. the UAP ads were running at that time. Yeah, probably not. Do you think so? I can't think why they would be. There were no state elections on. And no, we should check that because that, that looks like a real easy... That looks just, like a that, bit of a lie. That's a porky. That's a porky. I watched your UAP ads in prison and thought to myself, wow... It's an open letter, by the way. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How can I compete with those resources and experience? No question mark. Then when Craig Kelly jumped on board with you, I was sure that UAP was the freedom party Australia was waiting for. Oh. Craig told me I needed millions of dollars to achieve anything. Did he? And, did he? And you listened to Craig, did you? Yeah. And I believed him. Oh. I was so overwhelmed with the concept of running RDA party on top of my current responsibilities, and you were doing a great job. So I cancelled two L's, RDA party, refunded all the memberships, all of them. Did ya? All of them. Did ya? And started to support the vision which was being promoted by you and UAP. I love this because I haven't actually read or heard this before. I wanted to save myself for this moment <laughs> and I'm enjoying just, this so it much. Is such a wine. This is fucking pathetic. I got a lot of flack from my audience for openly supporting UAP. Yes, They you said did. things like... Quotation marks in the wrong space. Clive is only in it to help the Liberals. Clive, quotation marks in the wrong place, is only concerned with his mining interests. Yep. Clive owes workers money and still hasn't paid them. I knew all of this beforehand, yep. Clive, quotation marks in the wrong place again, doesn't care about the freedom movement. He's just doing the same thing he did in 2019. He's helping the Liberal Party. Yeah. Clive this is, like is a fat knowledge. cunt. Oh, no, she didn't say that. <laughs> This is all such common knowledge. Like, if you didn't know this and you cancelled your all your life plans and then found this out later, a simple Google search would have facilitated this quite effectively. Yeah. 
I defended those claims. I would say things like, quotation marks in the wrong place, I think Clive <laughs> has changed. I think he really wants to free Australia. Everyone makes mistakes, but people can change too. We need someone like him with enough money to disrupt the duopoly. Most of his ads say we can't trust Labor, Liberal, the Greens or the Nationals again. So surely he can't be helping the Liberals this time, oh, question mark Monica. not required. <sighs> You offered me the number one Senate position in Victoria. I declined. There's, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of inside mail there for you. The number one Senate position in Victoria, which you wouldn't have won, by the way, because he's only polling around three percent in, in Victoria. But anyway, I just I don't know if it's even true. So that's another story. Yeah, yeah. You offered to cover some of my legal fees. I said no. That's fine. People have already generously helped me with that. They sure had. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, there was quite a bit of trouble about that money because you were saying that's pro bono work and then, you know, your dad did and then you were still hawking, spruiking for dough. It's a long way of saying she's a fucking thief, but yes, I I agree. I even considered working for you (laughs) to help with the campaign because I believed UAP was a true freedom party. Oh, and also that you were always in this so you could get some kind of job as some kind of numbers man and get paid a ridiculous amount of money around elections to sell data harvest information, and basically sell your soul to the highest bidder. And Clive was clearly the highest bidder at the time, and this was your plan the whole time. (laughs) She's always working the angles. I funneled members, candidates, and volunteers into UAP. Yes, you did. I am responsible for the messages I share with my audience. No, you're not. And that's why I'm writing this letter. Mm -hmm. I want answers so I can be honest and upfront with my audience. If I made a huge mistake in trusting UAP, I need to confront it. I'm not scared to admit I was wrong. Okay. I only hope that you can do the same. Okay. I have spent months educating my audience on how to make their vote count. Would help if you knew how voting our voting system worked, Monica, because you don't. <laughs> In order to continue doing so, questions must be answered. I oh, know. There are questions, Carl, and they must be answered. It is who is your daddy and where did you go to school? <laughs> From this letter. <laughs> Just, just goes with pages. Oh, From February it. 2022, RDA decided to be completely non-partisan and we stopped promoting any one party. However, our volunteers started working with candidates from several parties, including Oi. UAP. Well, I can understand how Clyde might have had doubts about this. But anyway, we held numerous events to help UAP candidates meet their constituents. We have their profiles on the UDI and on the RDA website, and we have volunteers at polling booths for UAP as we speak. Well, as she's writing this, like as she's like, Tapping this out? She's just just tapping this out. Sad. In between, just gritting her teeth in in anger and weeping in sadness. But then also handing out how to vote for UAP as she's typing all this angry, (laughs) angry text. Good work. Because here it comes, Joel. One week ago, we started receiving calls from distressed lower house candidates in Victoria who had received boxes of how to vote cards from UAP head office with Liberals numbered as third in front of Freedom Parties like One Nation, AFP, Australian Federal Police, Australian Federation (laughs) Party, and the Great Australian Party. RDA volunteers started contacting me concerned and confused. You don't think think Clive's gone back on his word, do you? (laughs) My first thought was, surely. This is just, you know, a horrible mistake. This is a mistake, but the calls kept coming and there was no clarification from UAP management. There is even one HTV card 
with Labor placed as a third preference. How can this be? All these HTV cards can be seen here. Oh, there'd be a hyperlink on that. I'm then guessing. I saw that the Liberal Party had put UAP second on the Victorian and Tasmanian Senate HTV cards. You can see those here. I had an overwhelming concern. Did you make a deal with the Liberals to get the number two position on their Senate HTV card in exchange for giving them higher preferences in key marginal seats? Well, Surely I mean- not, big man. The thing is, like, you could go through all these freedom parties and you could exhaust your vote before anyone gets quota and you would literally waste your vote in a preferential system where it's almost impossible to waste a vote. Yeah, we'll go on about this later, but we did mention in last week's program that Monica was getting out of vote cards printed off her own website, RDA website, uh, getting people to hand them out, which actually did just that, that it actually preferenced the major parties because she doesn't understand how the quota preferential voting system works no. and how uh, the preferences of minor parties will exhaust. And also, one thing that I found really great, this is a bit of a side note, uh, apparently what she's been doing, um, Dallas sent me this, is that she's been getting people to print out posters to stick in store windows, right? And that's totally fine. Make your vote count, stick them in the store windows. But when you do that, when you go to a store, say you go to a delicatessen and say, can I stick this in your window? Yep. And they say yes. You then ask them for a donation. (laughs) It depends also what they put on the bottom of that because it needs to be approved by, not approved by the AAC, but there needs to be a contact name and uh, proper authorization who has approved that advertising. Yeah, I, I just felt I love the fact that they're like, you know, they're like, oh, thanks for the thanks for that. Um, can you give us 10 bucks? Yeah. Like, what I just let you put a poster in my window. No, 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 for the privilege of having this poster in your window, I would like a cash donation. <laughs> we're, you, talking, we're talking sub lease here, actual fucking delusions, <laughs> actual just deluded people. Just, just, anyway, the grift never ends. Right, she goes on. Oh, Boy, does she go on. Victoria is my home. I have been locked down with my fellow Victorians for two years, been shot at, what, imprisoned and segregated alongside them. What? Mm -hmm. This state has been segregated with everyone. Sorry, what? This state has has the best chance of disrupting the major party's chances. You are fucking delusional. Yes. Clive, were you exploiting us? Yes. Did you exploit the freedom movement? Yes. The answer is yes. Yeah, I think you did. Clive. 100%. Yes. <laughs> After months of supporting UAP as a freedom-focused party, I was starting to question if we had all made a big mistake in trusting UAP. I hope I am wrong. You're not. Oh, my God. Can you imagine her and Clive, you know, doing a deal? I mean, he, he just – he basically just – take her skin off and, and turn it into a little tent. But he'd have to write the terms out in crayon so she could understand it. <laughs> he'd just send Fuck. her bones back to, back to Lang Warren or wherever god-awful place she comes from. Packing them, packing them. Packing them, that's right. The most horrible thing is that your candidates are great. Oh, Is that a horrible thing? That's not a horrible thing. I'm not sure. They had nothing to do with these provocative and deceitful HTV cards. The HTV cards just turned up on their doorstep with no warning or explanation of the final minute before pre-polling began. Their names are already on the ballot papers. What were they to do? What were they to do? <laughs> what were they to do? Enter the hero. My fiancé, Morgan Jonas, <laughs> broke the story on his Facebook page and oh, I posted nice. about it as well. Some of our supporters have been expressing anger at us, all 12 of them, for being divisive <laughs> and causing trouble. But all we did was tell voters the truth so they could vote accordingly. Oh, God bless. Then it got worse. Oh, no. <laughs> Jeez, this is a long letter. When you avoided the questions on Sky News and when Craig Kelly put out a video talking about the Senate HTV card when they were not the issue at all, oh. he told some of the truth but failed to tell it all and by his omission 
to the full truth or of the full truth, I can only conclude that this is also a form of lying. This is a conversation I have with Liz all the time. Is lying by omission lying or is it just, you know, evading the truth? She she believes it's lying. It's not lying. It's not lying. Not well, legally anyway. We've anyway. Had, we've had the debate. Uh, Clive, lie, Joe. Anyway, instead of confronting the facts or admitting you made a mistake, you have tried to cover it up, <laughs> which is silly really. I mean, covering up by publishing the HDV cards, by, <laughs> by printing them and sending them out to their candidates, which is silly, really, because those HDV cards are now all over social and mainstream media. All Whoops. The they are the power of Monica. I would have got away with it, too, if it wasn't for this meddling Monica character. These are the questions I have for you. If you want to do a Zoom interview or respond to these, I would be very grateful. Oh, <laughs> good Groveling. <laughs> <laughs> Why have you only published the Senate HDV cards on your website, not the lower house HDV cards? Yeah. yeah. You know, she's, she's gone the conspiracy theory with her first question. Yeah. Why are you sidestepping the questions about these HDV cards? Why not just tell us why you did it so we can make an informed decision? Okay. Are you specifically trying to help the Liberal Party win marginal seats in Vic, New South Wales and Taz, as per the UAP HDV cards outlined for these seats here? God, she has no understanding of politics. Did you exploit <laughs> the freedom movement for your own political and professional gains? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, but so did you, Moni. Yeah. The whole UAP marketing campaign was about not trusting the major parties, but you put the major parties ahead of freedom parties in marginal seats. Why? Because they were never going to win. But, Moni, you did the same thing with your HTVs on, 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 on printable HTVs on your RDA website uh, because you're too fucking stupid to understand <laughs> how quota preferential voting works because you're a moron. Uh, Good okay. Lord, this is supposed to be written by a journalist. I mean, oh my God. Anyway, last point. Given the Liberal Party has placed UAP as their number two preference on the Senate HTV card in Victoria, can you please outline any potential deal that was made in order for this to occur? <laughs> sure. Yeah, whatever you like. And it goes on to say, many of your candidates and supporters have gone through the toughest times in their life over the past two years and deserve oh. honest answers to the questions that have been brought to light. Well, Joe, can someone check in on Clive and make sure he's all right? Oh, he's After shook. that, just an absolute thrashing. A mess. Oh, a harsh open letter like this could seem hemorrhage all over the place. How will he respond? Ugh, I mean, look... It's certainly an interesting change from Clive. Usually politicians do the full 180-degree back down after they're elected. But you see, Clive has done it in the run-up just before the election. It's a bold move. Yeah, it's a bold move. It's a bold move. But, of course, Moni, with her great hair and her funny little eye, all a flutter because she's been hoodwinked. Yep. A victim of trickery. Can you imagine it? Imagine not being able to trust Imagine. a man, a man of stature <laughs> like Clive Palmer, like Clive Palmer, to do as he says. Um, yeah, terrible. It's, it, it's, a, it's amazing. It, what a it's an interesting it take, like Monica. As, as I said during the reading of that very long letter, it was so long. Monica, as we reported last week, <laughs> and her inability to understand the quota preferential system means she was advocating that her followers print off uh, Proformer HTVs, which did in effect preference the majors as high as three, given that her other recommended parties that she had at two, three or four were likely to exhaust, a process where minor parties preferences don't count because they aren't getting enough votes for their preferences to be counted. Mm -hmm. I've visited two pre-poll voting centres so far, <clears throat> and both have had uh, representation by UAP, you know, UAP people handing out HDVs, which I found amusing. Yeah. It's almost certain that Clive is paying some 
if not all of them. And as a side note, a listener told me this weeks ago, but I saw my very own eyes on the weekend. I drove through the city of Hughes, and while I was there, there were a million signs for all the candidates. I saw two for Craig, and I was looking. I was absolutely looking. They're not even trying to keep the seat. This is just embarrassing. Yes, they had absolutely no chance in Hughes. Uh, Fon, HDV, hand arouterers were nowhere to be seen, by the way, at the the places I had a look at. Labor, yes. Liberal, yes. Greens, yes. Liberal Democrat is our now the candidate in this seat. No. The question is, will any of this matter? Will any of the minor freedom parties, and we're including UAP and FON in that, have an impact on the result of the federal election via preference allocations? And we said at the top of the rabbit hole that Big Clyde paid $70 million in advertising, but it was money he burnt. There is a view around the last election that his preferences got the coalition return to power, but it's it's actually nonsense. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't pay. It, 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 it's Surely it's Queensland. And I want to demythologise it. Okay. In 2019, the UAP got 3.43% of the vote nationally and fielded candidates in all 151 House of Reps seats. That's not a lot, right? Mm. In, some, in some Queensland seats, that vote was as high as 15%. So wouldn't the preferences in those cases matter? Well, yes and no. And what we saw in the wake of the election was that UAP preference flows went 60 to the coalition, 40 to Labor. This is the thing that's not properly understood. So you got 3.43% of the vote with the preferences flowing 60 to the coalition, 40 to Labor. The the impact is absolutely minimal. Yeah, that's fair. And and that's with Clive paying people to hand out. You see, most minor minor parties, including FON, don't have the resources or the membership numbers to have volunteers manning booths and handing out HDVs with their preferences listed. But Clive and the UAP did, and it still gave the coalition only a minor advantage over Labor in Queensland LM held marginals. The real reason Labor lost in 2019 and did so badly in Queensland had very little to do with UAP preferences. It was more voters putting the LNP first. Bastards. That was the thing. This happened in Labor held marginals in Queensland too, to the point uh, where normally safe Labor seats in the state become have become marginal now and offer a problem to Labor in this election. Doesn't look to be a lot of change going on there. But no. For what it's worth, Fon, who don't man many booze around the country, they still have their 151 candidates, so I think there are a few, few going missing. Um, they talk about the ABC has been reporting on the 20 or so ghost candidates uh, for Vaughn. For, 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 for you know, they've just gone through the phone book and gone, yeah, hey, we've got a Jerry Smith here. Okay. But, like, hasn't Pauline Hanson already done time in jail for electoral fraud? I don't know. I don't know that it's – I mean, it, it, it's, it's – It was something to do with electoral fraud. It was like some I, sort I, of fundraising there, there or something. People, there, all I know is that there are some 20 Fon candidates of the 151 House of Reps candidates that they're fielding who just can't be found. Yeah, they can't you be know? contacted. Like, it's just, it's one of those things where you just imagine the judge being there and she gets pulled up before him after being done for this and just going, I haven't actually had to sentence someone who has a record of doing this and then doing it again. Oh, she got done for other things, and that was about campaign finance. I'm so, sorry, it was about federal financing of 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 her party, where she received a certain amount of money per vote because she received you know, quite a large number of votes in one election in in a state election in Queensland, and that money ended up allegedly. Uh, in 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 her hands, and not is it allegedly? She kind of went to jail for it, anyway. Anyway, it was appealed, the, and a conviction was overturned. But ah, the, okay. the 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 um, uh, the take home message for Fon is that the coalition 
or that they that fond voters preference coalition and this is from a, a you know a series of elections 65 yeah. to 35 yeah, so Labor sense. gets 35% of those preferences. So it's not as if when you see, you know, the fond vote count in, in a Queensland election where they might have 15% of the vote, and that almost certainly will happen on Saturday, that you can say all 15,000 uh, of those are all going to pour into the coalition or the LNP. Yeah. They're not. Mm. A lot of them will come back to Labor. Yeah. Anyway, so the big thing is that many voters don't slavishly vote according to HDVs. They make their own minds up. Yeah. And the idea that money and the RDA will have an impact on the result of the election and somehow reduce the vote of the two major parties is bizarre it's by you know, issuing her own RDAs, uh, 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 her own HDVs. Yes. The Even other acronym. So, given her followers can be counted on the fingers of a leper's hand these days, and I yeah. do offer my apologies to lepers about that, Joe. Uh, yes, lepers. Uh, any leper listeners, uh, we'll send you a stubby holder. You can't use it, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, people and those who vote for minor part parties more specifically like to follow their own preferences. They like to go, that one, yeah, that one, that yeah. one, that one, yeah. and that one. And Picky that, and, choosy. Yeah. And when it comes to polling, uh, the miners aren't showing much growth compared to 2019. News poll has fallen at 5%, which is a boost. It's a boost by one percentage point of the total vote across the country. And the UAP is running at just below 4% in the polling, which is around what it got last time. And there is a sneaky possibility both of them can do better. I mean, perhaps people polled, telephone polled, in-person in polling as well. Might be a bit, you know... <laughs> I don't really want to admit that I'm yeah. for Clive. <laughs> you know, we found this is the sort of Trump phenomenon. You ever vote for Donald Trump? Oh, God, no. It's a horrible man. And then yeah. just go and vote for Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, and that's why it skewed a lot of polling. Um, so maybe there's a bit of that going on. I don't know. I mean, I've got but- two good friends who voted for Clive um, on his uh, on the first run. And, uh, and they talked openly about it, and now they never, ever would again. <laughs> well, look, if that's going on, it's only going to make a point or two difference. It's not going to be a lot. No. Any growth in the UAP's primary vote in Queensland this time around will essentially come at a cost to the coalition vote. That's the other thing. So rather than if they if they do have some growth, the, the Libs will only get about 60% of it back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, they'll lose, yeah. they'll lose 100% and get 60% back, Yeah, uh, if, yeah. You, if you know what I mean. I mean, they'll, they'll lose 100% of what they've lost to the UAP and only get 60% of it back yep. because the rest of it will preference Labor. And the others, the Australian Federal Party, IMOP, the Great Australian Party, living, breathing jokes who will not get their deposits back. So no. when we talk about the cookers uh, and the cooker parties, they're really not going to have much of an impact this time. No, they're going to have a terrible time. And I mean, like, this is also not to mention the several independents who consider themselves to be these freedom oh, yes, candidates, the Australia One types, who are about to find out that an extensive hanging policy and calling around a pedophile <laughs> isn't actually popular in the electorate. It's no, not a platform. Not, That's yeah. not a policy platform people are looking for, which is a shame. And while the minor parties like the IMOP and the Federation Party and GAP and all that sort of stuff, mm. they've been, you know, about to rub together a few quid to pay for the deposit and the printers and do the deeds and pay for their candidates to run. People like Craig Cole, Ricardo Bosi and, Dar- and Darren Bergworth, oh, they're Darren. about to lose their deposits from their pockets. Yep. This is not funded. This is stuff that they've grifted from followers and for the most part paid themselves, which is such a shame. And look, Look, we can see Darren, you know, he can swing a sword. He can, he can swing a drill. He knows what he's doing. He's on trading yeah. money. Bozy, yeah. Bozy's going to be on the rice and fucking onions for a while while he pays off the credit card. Yeah, be screaming, uh, screaming electoral fraud, of course. But yes, oh, he'll yes have he will have done his... Yes, he will. Dunny's too large. 
Carl Wani, I think that's the independent. That's the rate for independence. That's his savings gone. In the upcoming election, Queensland may still have a big say on who forms government. I'm not saying specifically it won't, but because Queensland's, Queenslanders were critical in re-electing Scott Morrison in 2019, but the role of the state is less likely to be so important this time around. I mean, coalition-held marginals, marginals in WA, South Australia, Tasmania, Victoria, New South Wales will determine the outcome, with Queensland seats playing a walk-on role. And that's what polling is telling us at the moment. A change of maybe two or three seats in Queensland may happen, but there'll be no wholesale shifts. And it doesn't look like Labor's going to lose any. They might pick up Longman. Brisbane is kind of in play because whoever whoever comes second after the LNP in Brisbane will win the seat. Now, it might be Labor and it might be the Greens, but either way, it's a coalition loss. So there you go. Queensland not going to have a big impact this time. Um, basically, the Labor marginals... They just don't look to be in play. Uh, the, you know, the, 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 a lot of these seats that were brought to marginal, marginal status in 2019 just don't look to be in play. And there are a few uh, coalition-held marginals um, that Labor may think they're a chance in, but really there's only one. You know where, where they can win. Maybe Leichhardt. We've talked about um, uh, a little bit Leichhardt up in the north of the state, but really that doesn't look to be changing hands. There's some talk about um, oh the seat around Rockhampton. I just can't think of the name of it and and how the Labor's got a pretty good candidate. Longman again, or something or uh, Longman's a little bit further Lankyari down. Lingyari or something or no no Lingyari's in the NT and. <clears throat> I'll talk about that a bit later in the overall. But look, Clive and Crackers are merely sucking the votes out of the coalition in Queensland and giving little more than half back through preferences, you see. That's how it's going to play out. Looking at the other miners, polling shows Fond doing better, definitely in Queensland. The Greens are polling at 15%, Joel, of the national primary vote, which seems a little bit high. It may be that high in the Senate, but not quite so high in the reps. But even at 12%, you know, that's a lot of inner city votes. And, and I reckon the Greens are going to come out of this in pretty good shape. As I said, they do stand a chance of winning Brisbane. It'll really come down to, you know, if they get one more vote than Labor come and come second, they'll win the seat. So just to explain Brisbane, if, if people haven't quite got it yet, let's say the coalition gets about 34% of the vote. I think that'll be about right in the seat of Brisbane, get about 33 34% of the vote. Then Labor... The current polling shows them getting about 29% of the vote and the Greens 28%. Now, whoever finishes second is going to win that seat because you put the 29 and the 28 together and it gives you more than 50. I mean, it might not be exactly 57, but it'll be more than 50. Yeah. And, and so that's how Brisbane can easily be won by the Greens. I believe they've also um, been very active in the seat of Griffiths, but that looks likely to be a Labor hold. And of course, Adam Bant will be re-elected in Melbourne. Nothing else yeah. is sure. So, so they'll return with one, but they might come back with two. It just really will depend on who runs second in Brisbane, and 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 really it can just be a vote or two will separate the second and third place getter. But all those preferences just just pour on top of the second place getter, and, um, and yeah, and, and, and then it's out of the line. So cookers have been babbling about freedom. And democracy, people power and toppling governments for the last two years, they are on the cusp of being given an education in arithmetic. They're not very good at maths. No. They are a dismally small minority, but will they will have next to no impact on the result of the 2022 federal election. In politics, this is what happens to people who can't count. 
Those that can't count turn to wild claims for electoral fraud and shenanigans. We have yes. a lot to look forward to in that Bet regard. On that too, yeah. Oh man, and and the upcoming Victorian state election too. There's been these wild, baseless, and repetitive claims of election fraud, which are going to come from the usual suspects and the usual channels. You know how yep. it is. I have a feeling we're going to see stop the steal rallies, very similar to the US in the wake of the Trump. Very similar uh, things, yeah. Yeah, I but I think they might even steal the term. We'll see what happens. I don't know. They're not very original, but there'll no, be a whole new generation of troublemaking grifters born in the wake of this incredibly normal election just with a result that was completely predictable that the cooker's collective ego just simply cannot accept. You aren't the silent majority, you fucking idiots. You are a noisy minority. Go back to staging a coup because democracy isn't your thing. Back Bozy. Hang everyone. It's your only chance. So as far as the actual election goes, I think Labor has it. In 2019, we saw the biggest surprise since, I mean, 2016 in the US, right? You know, the bookies had it so tight that they even paid out short and early, which was really embarrassing. The vibes were optimistic, but in the polling booths, people voted liberal. And the reason why they did that is because they hated Shorten. Yeah, look, that that's right. But what we did start seeing in the markets, I, I follow the betting markets really, really closely, looking for trends and things like that. Uh, and it's not very scientific, but it can pick these things up. And in 2016, while the head-to-head uh, uh, didn't budge and Labor was a lot shorter than it is today, mm-hmm. um, it was paying about $1.10. Um, and oh, yeah. as you say, um, Sportsbet did pay out on the day before the election. Yeah. But what we started seeing in, in coalition marginals that were expected to be lost was that they started, you know, there was some big money coming out for them. Yeah, and, and you could actually see this trend that that they weren't going to lose seats in Queensland. In fact, they were going to basically win a few uh, to boot. Yeah, some smart exit polling there, I imagine. Mm, well, the- yeah, the bookies did have it covered that time. They, yeah, they, you could you could pick up the trend. Yeah, yeah. So, but the thing is, like over years of nasty political smearing from these liberal head kickers, including the absolute best and fairest of the game, Tony Abbott, who is truly one of the nastiest people in Australian political history, but he's very fucking good. People learned they hated Shorten, and they didn't know why. It was just a thing to hate Shorten. Uh, it's a pretty easy thing to do. Well, I mean, people were told to do it, and they, they listened. It was It's incredible how effective negative campaigning can work, especially over such a protracted period. So people don't really tend to vote governments in, but they absolutely vote them out. Nobody voted for fucking Joe Biden. Dude is a 1,000 years old. He can barely remember his fucking name. But they turned up in droves to vote Trump out. And I reckon people are going to show up on Saturday and at pre-poll and in postals, of course, to vote out that smug cunt Scott Morrison. He is a reviled figure. And due to his inability to tell the truth and doing it so naturally, his self-righteous entitlement complex, I was put here by God. And he's just cunty bully boy personality, which he's trying to backpedal on now. Good luck. Nobody likes him and people are going to vote accordingly. I'm also looking forward to seeing Josh Frydenberg losing his seat to Monique Ryan. He shot all over Victoria during the course of the pandemic to score a few political points to the cupelled nobodies in the Victorian State Liberal Party. Where'd that get you, Joshy boy? Now you're not going to be PM. And fuck it, you might have been. It is such a shame. Don't care. Everyone makes mistakes. That was a big one. You will be <laughs> fine, though, because the thing is, you're going to get a plum spot on the board of some major bank in no time. Maybe you can join Bob Carr at Macquarie. Craig Kelly, on the other hand, unless Clive gives him a job, he's going to be flogging furniture in Janali or used cars in Como, but that guy's future is fucked. But fuck him. He made his bed. He can fucking lie in it. Don't care. Don't care. 
Well, Clive might uh, be revived. I mean, I, sorry, uh, Crackers might be revived. He certainly won't win Hughes. But if Palmer does win the Senate seat, one of the six going in Queensland, I have a feeling he might drop Craig in there. Come and live in Queensland. Do you think that he stands any chance of getting quota in Queensland? Clive? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he, look, he's a, a reasonable chance, yeah. No. It'll probably be, be two Labor... Two, two LMP and one each, Clive, fine. That's what I think. Fuck that. It depends. It depends. I, mean, just, I don't think the Greens will poll well enough and, and they won't have the preference support. So that's probably what's going to – that's Ugh. the way I see it. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, <coughs> one thing I can tell our listeners is uh, that we almost certainly won't know the result on the night. We, we had up to Friday, and this is now the Monday afterwards, um, but up to Friday in the week the, the week before the election, um, um, uh, over 10% have already polled and huge numbers of postal votes. Um, and so that means the AEC's sort of rough guess on postals is going to be about 20, but it might be about 25%. In-person pre-poll voting probably be about the same. So Half of the vote will be uh, cast before the election, the actual election day, and 25% of it, that um, that postal vote, cannot be counted on Saturday night. So that's a big chunk of the vote that can't be counted. And when it's close, you're just going to have to wait. So I don't think we're going to get a result on Saturday night. Aww. If you want uh, a, t- a tip from me, I would say Labor... I've said I said earlier today, Labor seventy eight. They will have a majority. I think that's more likely than a hung parliament, uh, and the least likely option of all is a a coalition majority. Um, uh, in the event of a hung parliament, that could go either way. And honestly, it could it could actually be that Morrison forms the next government. All he really has to do is go down the. Provided he's got enough seats, can't do it with 60 seats, but he could maybe do it with 68, go down to Yarralama and say, you know, I've got enough I've got enough people to, to uh, form a government. And the Governor-General will say, you sure? He goes, yeah, <laughs> and then they swear him in. So that it's just, it can be as easy as that. But the most likely thing is uh, a Labor majority. I think the, the independents will go quite well. Uh, the teal independents will go well. I agree with Joel that Josh Frydenberg is, is gone. I think Monique Ryan will win Kuyong. I think um, uh, Zoe Daniel will win Goldstein. Tim Wilson will be gone. I think uh, um, Allegra Spender will win Wentworth. I don't think um, the uh, teal candidate um, is Tink will win North Sydney. Yeah, that's unlikely. Uh, the campaign there isn't uh, high. It's just, just because the Labor vote's too high. That's the thing. The Labor vote's too high in North Sydney. It's a re- running going to run around 20%, and, and that's just too high for an independent to get through. They yeah. need a lot of that 20%. So, look, she's still a chance. I'm not saying no, but but it, she's not likely to win. And I think Sophie Scamps is in with a, a real chance to win that seat. In Hughes, crack a seat. You've got a, you've got a teal independent there who looks very good. Yeah, I've uh, seen her and then, and then you've got Kate Cheney over in Curtin. In, in WA. Oh, wow. Another Teal Independent who looks to be a very good thing too. I, and I, I imagine, well, my best bet is that the the crossbench, well, not crossbench, but the number of independents elected, and you have to be careful because the bookies are real shit heels about this, the, the bookies uh, are calling Rebecca Sharkey party aligned, so you've got to take her out, and that means you've got Wilkie, you've got 
uh, Helen Haynes in Indi, you've got um, Zali Stegel. So th- three independents there now. I'm betting on them having another six, and that, dear listeners, is paying $13. So Ooh. I've had a bit on that. Um, I couldn't find you've that. You've got to bet. get an absolutely special sports better offering that, and then you can you can get on ten or more because there may be some teal non teal independents that will get up, including one in Nichols, uh, and then that takes you into ten, and that's paying nine dollars. So have a little bit of a flutter. If you've got a lazy pineapple lying around, you might want to have a, a, a look at that. But it's looking more and more like a a Labor majority government. Yep. Three weeks um, ago, I would have said hung parliament. Now I'm saying Labor majority. I'm thinking we're going to get a result around 1am, which is going to be if it's not Labor, it's Labor, and basically everyone resigning and Morrison holding on until the very bitter end, but Anthony Green calling it. Yeah, it won't, won't, it won't be Saturday. Uh, we'll <laughs> it won't see. be Saturday night. I don't know. All right. No. Just too many votes. Too too many votes, uh, too, too many votes uncounted in postals. It just will be too many. Well, we'll see. Well, I've been push polled twice now by Advance Australia, I suspect, and Get Up, who actually said it was them. And to my shock and horror, Sophie Scamps, my favorite word is scamps. I love you're a scamp, scamps town. I'm into it. Is scumps or scamps. <laughs> it is the most. Disappointing name shift I've ever it's, heard. It's scamps not, is gorgeous. Scamps is cheeky. Scamps is fun. Scamps <laughs> is depressing and weird and tragic. So let's get her in. Let's vote her in. And then let's say her name as it is after she's in because no one's voting for Scamps, but everyone's voting for Scamps. Yeah, look, and, and, and if these seats do go down, Kuyong, Goldstein, you know, uh, Wentworth, it, it's almost impossible to win them back. Yeah, fucking uh, And that makes the Liberal Party's job that much harder at the, the following election. But we'll get through this one first. Suffering your jocks. We, we will leave the punditry there because, you know, we're damn right about everything, every little bit of it. And turn to a man who's always right too, right-wing nut job that is. <laughs> His name's Pete and he's had a huge week. And it has been a huge week in Pete Evans with Ponzi scheme Pete feeling the burn after crapping on about Bitcoin and sats over the past two years and clearly hurting a bit from the crash. Now, while early adopters and savvy traders may well be breaking even or even still miles ahead at this point, Pete doesn't seem very happy. He hasn't explicitly said much. He posted a meme with this terrified kid sliding down a slippery dip. It's a bit of a thing that says, When you buy the dip. But it keeps on dipping. Oh, oh that no. That doesn't sound good, does it, No, Joel? it doesn't sound good. And this implies to me that Pete has been buying Bitcoins recently and probably <laughs> lost quite a lot of money. But what really tells me he's hurting is this, his post count. Oh, do go on. Boat was smashing around 250, 270 posts a week, no problems before the Bitcoin market shit the bed. <laughs> now he's lucky to be posting 100. He's I mean, sad. He's very sad. Pete's finding himself at the bottom of the pyramid scheme and he doesn't like the view from down there. He's not used to it, poor old Pete. He's always oh, used to the view from the top. So he's been such a good judge with money. Oh, hasn't he just? He's just had a lot of it, that's all. So while I feel for his giant bank balance, which underpins his decadent lifestyle of unemployment and general conspiracy madness, I won't cry too many tears. He's making over $20,000 a weekend, hosting pilled parrots at his evolved sanctuary, you know, every now and then. No sympathy. But Pete's holding out hope, though. He's posted a link that claims that a top crypto analyst 
is predicting a strong Bitcoin bounce. <laughs> he, he sounds like a punter having a lash on the last at Ramwick. You know? Truly. It's it's called hopium in the, <laughs> on the internet. And I'm guessing this is one of the same crypto analysts who said that Bitcoin would be at $500,000 by now. Yes, Pete. You, yep, you just smoked that hopium pipe. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It Get could, be, yours, it could yeah. be, you know. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's coming up. It's coming up, don't worry. It's, com- it's coming up. I bought a lot at 70000 but it's going to be fine. Well, is there a race in Chartin? Is there a race in Western Australia we can get on? Oh, mate, don't worry. We can get our losses back easy. We've just got this one nag, this one nag. So the main crypto carnage this week that made the headlines was the crash of the Terra Luna token, which Ooh. underpinned the stable coin Terra USD. Now, this is the kind of crypto that people use to store money without volatility. For example, if you're selling a shitload of drugs, but you're paying for the actual drugs in cash, you might not be able to afford a Bitcoin dip at a bad time. So what you do is you park your money in a stable coin to avoid finding yourself in a situation where that $250,000 you had turns into $200,000, but you've got a bit of a purchase order for a bit of cocaine, and a bunch of nice Peruvian men become upset with you because you don't have the money to pay them. Not a good situation to be in. No. It's meant to be printed in line with US currency policy, and they do this whole thing where the people put in and take out. It's this whole process. And at the end of the day, it's backed like fiat currency by a few rich people instead of a government. If you park these coins in a savings type account, they would give you 20% interest. Does that sound too good to be true? Yes. If it does sound too good to be true, it generally isn't. It generally fucks you in the ass. So in reality, <laughs> it's a ridiculous market based on hot air and hype. And due to a mass freakout, the value of the currency dropped from a dollar to a fraction of one cent. Ouch. Not good. And while I'm at, I am laughing at this, it's also quite sad. <laughs> it is pretty funny. People have hit the wall really hard. Oh. Uh, it's entirely possible a few of them have jumped out of windows and done various other things that are not good. Uh, it's sad. The subreddit for Terra Luna on Reddit is full of people losing their savings after buying into the dream. They are fucked. People are openly discussing suicide and I have to make the somber, sad, ruining Pete Evans moment. If anyone is listening to this and you've been stung by this ruthless Ponzi scheme, I am genuinely sorry. You were sold bullshit and it's not your fault. And if you're feeling against the wall and you're having some bad thoughts, please call Lifeline on 131114. You can come back from this. You'll be fine. It's just, it's just yeah. a setback. Yeah, that's right. Nothing's ever that serious. Because it exactly, it's it's not the end of the world. Um, we we're making fun of it, but it sucks for some people. We feel that. Well, it's very funny for Pete. It's very funny, Pete. Because fuck Pete. Now I don't know what Pete's been up to, but he's never pushed anything at Bitcoin, and that's the thing that's unfortunate. I really wish he was a lunar guy because I'd love to see him go broke. But Bitcoin has also had a rough month. Hasn't hit the wall though. Pete's income sources, on the other hand, are pretty fucked. And while he's mm-hmm. making pretty good bank hosting hippies at his house, that won't last forever. How many people in this country are out there willing to shell out $3,000 for a weekend per Not head many. just to Not eat some many. grass-fed salmon and get some lectures on how the World Economic Forum are coming to eat their babies? I mean, Pete, you have a finite customer base and an infinite set of needs. Marketing nightmare. You're fucked. (laughs) So while Pete might be hurting from the Bitcoin crash, that may well have wiped out a solid quarter of his net worth if he really put his money where his mouth is, which maybe he didn't. Let's see. He's still posting, just not as much. Now, in other news, upon hearing that Victorian Chief Medical Officer Brett Sutton had COVID, he had this to say. Victorian, in quotation marks, health officer, Brett Sutton. I wonder if they listen to doctors like the one below and can join the dots. Oh, and razor blade throat symptoms has been known to have an emotional connection to not speaking the truth. 
just food for thought, hard love. Yeah, Pete. yeah. This is annoying as fuck. This is more of the same germ slash terrain theory shit that he pushes, which is that mm. COVID isn't caused by germs. It's caused by your conditions, which includes lying. <laughs> Pete thinks you get a sore throat from lying. Fuck me, Pete. You're going to need a box of strepsils, aren't you, champion? Because you tell porcupines all day. But aside from straight up lying, what's the symptom from just talking absolute shit? I mean, like, maybe you need a treatment for it, Pete, because honestly, if there's one, I think you need a dose. And you have been listening to the Condition Release Program with your hosts, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button, and if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack, we found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with a K. We set up a Facebook page. We can find it fairly easily. But promoting a podcast, easy said than done. We say this every week. You guys kind of share it. Some of you do. A lot of you don't. Feel guilty now. Now is your time to feel bad. You want to assuage that guilt? Share the fucking episode. Do oh, our yes. jobs. I, 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 I'm just saying yes, please, if you could. If you well, could. good cop, bad cop. Good cop, so, bad cop. Yeah. Share the episode. Now be nice to them. The Patreon is up and running, and we ask listeners to consider throwing a few dollars our way. For as little as $5 a month, you'll have access to all sorts of bonus content. If you give us even more money, and it's a whole bunch more, you'll get other benefits, including watch us record the damn show, and I'll send you a stubby holder. There's all sorts of cool shit. Now, if we get to a 1,000 patrons, and that's a decent amount of scratch, we promise that Jack will use the money to start a political party, which will spend tens of millions of dollars on billboards that promote him as the only man who can truly deliver what the electorate wants. (laughs) 300 gram chunkers. Yeah, I lost a lot of weight this morning, just by the way. <laughs> so join up at patreon.com slash the conditional release program. And finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's simply to send us an open letter about how shit we are. Ooh. Dear conditional release program. <laughs> Posted on Twitter. I am sad and unhappy. I have never felt so upset, disappointed, <laughs> but not angry. I have been betrayed. <laughs> oh, and I thought listeners. we were friends. See you, guys. Thanks, listeners. See ya. Bye.